0: tonight, take out your swords, turn again to the fifth chapter of this amazing book, the book of Revelation. Tonight, praise to the Lamb. And remember, we left this heavenly scene, and there's crying going on, and John's crying out who is worthy, and we find the one who is worthy, and now that those tears turn into praise. And isn't that how it often goes in our lives? When, when we, we see the condition of maybe our own spirit or maybe the lives of someone we love and, and we're just weeping and all of a sudden we realize who Christ is. We, we get this picture of our magnificent Savior and, and that weeping turns into rejoicing. All of a sudden our lives we, we know are in His hands and we begin to, to turn our thoughts towards praise. And here Jesus is now going to take this scroll. And I want to remind you as we get to chapter 6, this is a scroll that's going to unleash the wrath of God. And so on one hand, it's a time uh, that will shortly turn into terror on the earth. But God has been patient. God has been very long-suffering. The age of grace is now extended out to our day and time. Nearly 2,000 years, the Lord has been patient with mankind. He's allowed us to sin. He's given us opportunity to repent. He's given Himself to us in Jesus. And many, many, many billions to this day reject the Savior. And they follow after their own way and they go and do whatever it is that they see fit. And yet the Lord is patiently waiting, and He's calling out to the lost and, and the sin that so desperately racks our world. God hates. He can't stand the death of innocent millions of babies. He hates the fact that people go to bed, children go to bed hungry. Every single night. He despises war as it takes innocent life. And yet God graciously has been suffering long and waiting for the world to turn. And one by one, as is evidenced by those of us here tonight, for most of us are believers in Christ Jesus, we have turned our face to the Lord. We've gotten on our knees and said yes to that saving grace. And so as this scene unfolds, this picture is really one that answers the question, how long, O oh Lord, will you tarry? When, when will the end come? And though we're not given the specific date, the specific time, we're given a picture that one day the Lord Jesus is going to open that scroll and he is going to wind down the reign of sin, the reign of terror, the reign of the enemy. And finally, our foe, who still to this day afflicts us, his head has been crushed. Jesus, praise God, has defeated sin and death. But he still wreaks havoc on this world, and one day his reign is going to end. And so now we see in verse 8 when he had taken the scroll. And would you pray with me? Father, we are so uh, anxious for this day. Lord, not in a bad way, but we're just looking forward to that day and time that the dead in Christ will have risen. And Lord, we who are here tonight who know you will have already been taken up, snatched away, gone to heaven. Lord, we'll be there in that heavenly scene with these angels. And we look forward to that day when the age of grace culminates with you finally putting an end to the rule and to the reign uh, that Satan has had on this earth. And, and while it's not his, uh, he has claimed so many. And so, God, we ask tonight that you would set captives free, that your word would become alive to us. Bless us again as we study it. Thank you for it, Lord. Enrich our lives the study of your truth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 8 here in Revelation 5, And now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. And so you can see, this is another picture of this worship that's going on in heaven. And, and the most common word used, whether it's in Hebrew, which would be Shekah, or whether it's in Greek, would be proskuneo. Uh, they they fell down They, they prostrated themselves before the Lord because they were not worthy to stand in his presence they fell in his presence they fell down representing all of the church of all time before the Lamb and each having a harp so for those of you that believe God doesn't like stringed instruments he only does organs and pianos shame on you And golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Have you ever wondered if your prayers are collected someplace? Have you ever wondered if perhaps maybe your prayers kind of went somewhere and God never looked at them? You know, if you read so many of the stories, especially of the Second World War, letters were written and sent off to soldiers and very often they they never got to their intended uh, recipient. Maybe that person was taken in battle. Maybe they just simply didn't make it to the right place at the right time. And there have been so many hundreds and thousands and millions of these letters that were collected from the Second World War that just end up in shoeboxes someplace. And then all of a sudden somebody finds one of those boxes and opens them. And, And if they had come at the right time, at the right place, that person would have known how much they were loved that they were being prayed for. Can I tell you that the Lord hasn't missed a single prayer? Not one has gone unnoticed. If they've got the right address on them, in Jesus' name, in their postmarked heaven, they've been heard. Amen? Amen. These are the prayers of the saints going up before the Lord constantly, and they sang a new song. Don't you love new songs? When we get new songs, there's that, that, that sense of, of revival in our worship. It's like, oh, this is an awesome new song. I've never heard this one before. I've never sung this one before. And all of a sudden, you're just praising God because it's something new, it's something fresh. Every day in heaven's going to be like that, filled with new song. We'll never exhaust the, the glories of the Lord through our worship. You know, sometimes we... We here on this earth, you know, we kind of run through a, a couple of songs. It's just like, well, I sang that one last week. I don't know if it has any power this week, you know. not going to be like that in heaven because we're going to see his glory for who he is. You're going to be in love with worship. If you don't like to worship now, start warming up because you're all going to be worshipers when you get there. Amen? This is heaven, folks. I mean, we're we're reading about heaven. They sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. And he's going on now. John is writing and he's telling us why the Lord is worthy. The reason for his worthiness. For you were slain. He is the Lamb that was slain. He was seen as such before the foundations of the world were ever laid. Jesus Christ has always been God's only begotten Son, slain before the foundation of the world. He's always been the answer. There's never been an alternative. There isn't another way. There's only one way, truth and life. And no one comes to the Father but by Him And he's the slain lamb. He died in your place. Hallelujah. Because I'm not capable of dying in my own place. If I die in my own place, I'd still die. That's the reality of it, folks. That's why I feel so sorry for people who feel like they need to kill themselves again for God. Christ died for you, and when he died, his death was sufficient to erase all of your sin. All of it. He died. This passage is just so marvelous when you think of its scope. And you have redeemed us to the glory of God by your blood. And out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, it's universal. And we're going to break this down. Think about what's being said here. You know, frankly, I'm sick to death. God is not an American, He's not. I love America, by the way. That's an American flag over there. Praise God for what it represents. But, but our Jesus is universal, amen? amen? He's the God of every tribe and tongue and nation and people. And he's sufficient for every language. And have made us kings and priests to our God. Have you ever thought what your actual destiny is when you get to heaven? You know, sometimes in our, in our false humility, well, I'm going to be a doorkeeper. I'm going to scrub toilets in heaven. We do that, don't we? You know, we kind of we say, well, you know, I just hope I get in. You're going to be priests and kings. Amen? It's kind of a, it's a pretty good title. You know, it, I grew up in the day when, when people still carried briefcases you know, now our whole lives are on iPads and stuff. But you used to carry briefcases. And if you had a really good briefcase, you had it monogrammed. You know, and you had like a brass plaque on there. And it said, Pres- I had one that actually said, President Jeff Gill. I, truly, I did. I know, it's totally ridiculous. But I did. And you'd carry it around, and you'd actually turn it towards people so they could see it. Yes, I am, in fact, the president. You're going to be a king, a prince, a king, a queen of heaven. Nobody's going to care about your stupid briefcase. (laughs) This isn't going to matter anymore. You've made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. When we come back with Jesus, you're going to be part of the aristocracy of heaven. Now, I know that, you know... The king and queen, well, we have a queen now, but one day we'll actually have a king of Britain again. They kind of live some pretty nice digs, amen? You know, they kind of got it going. I wouldn't mind making $1.6 billion a year for looking good on TV. And, of course, they paint you to make you look like that, so it's no, you know, no doing of your own. I mean, Prince Charles is not the best-looking guy, okay? (laughs) Just saying. But somehow on TV, he looks good. One day, you're going to be the king, heaven's representative here on earth with Jesus. Mind-boggling. Wandering around, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my king, and I'm one of his uh, sub-kings here. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and noticed the whole totality of, of creation is now involved in this whole scene. And I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. Remember, angels are created beings. Created by God. They're different than human beings, but they are nonetheless created. The living creatures, undoubtedly cherubim, seraphim. The elders, the representatives of the church of all time, whether Old or New Testament. These amazing senior saints, if you will, of the body of Christ, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. In other words, more than you can possibly imagine. Millions and millions and millions saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. He's now going to peel back that scroll to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. It's just this praise and adoration. It's glorious. And Lord, you alone are worthy in all of the universe. There's none like you. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, all that are in them, I heard them saying, every single created being anywhere and everywhere. Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. Can I get a witness? Amen. 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 You're going to be saying it too. You need to practice. Gods are half asleep. Yeah, in heaven they give witness. When something good's going on, they bring it. They respond. They're not sitting there going, I hope his jokes get better. (laughs) Or look at your watch. Got 12 minutes left. I'm going to give him 8 of those 12 minutes and after that it's all over. The four living creatures said amen. And remember when the living creatures begin their praise, everybody else joins in. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. And what a scene. This is millions and millions and millions of heavenly creatures and earthly redeemed. And even the beast of the sea. I, I sounds like to me we got talking animals going on here. This is like Dr. Doodle going off. <laughs> and they're all praising the Lamb, the creator God. Note this praise and prayer were united and finally the incense of the prayers, the saints begin to just burst forth. And look at what kind of song this is to begin with. It was a worship hymn where they said, you alone are worthy. That's, that's an indicator of worship. You alone, O oh Lord, are worthy to open its seals for you were, you were slain. And to worship means to ascribe true worth. That's really what it means. The position of it is bowed down towards and kissing towards. And so very often we we worship almost egocentrically, don't we? We're supposed to worship Christocentric towards our Lord. We emphasize not our own experience, but the one whom we worship. And so this is a worship song that they're singing. They're adoring the Lord Jesus. How we adore the Lord. There's none like him. When you think about yourself, you think the fact that you are going to heaven one day. No matter what you're going through on this earth, and it all matters. I don't mean to disrespect anyone's position or the things you're going through. But you know, heaven's kind of a great equalizer, amen? You know, we think about this earth and all that's going on here, and there there are things that just aren't fair. It will not be so there. No wonder they're worshiping the Lamb. Worthy are you, O Lord, was a worship hymn. It was also a a gospel song. Check this out. They're singing about the cross. You know, sometimes I don't know that we sing about the cross enough. Because the cross is, is where it all happened, folks. The cross is where heaven's reality met your reality. God has always desired that all men be saved, and on the cross, all men were given that opportunity to be saved. It bridges every life in every place. You have redeemed us. Notice the song You have redeemed us to God by your blood. And the word slain there is not kind of like, well, I kind of, you know, I, I didn't do so well and I finally expired. It means to be violently killed. It means as violent a death as you can possibly imagine. All heaven sings about the cross and sings about the blood. When you sing about the blood, it is, it's the blood that's cleansed us and made us whole. Amen? Ain't nothing but the blood of Jesus going to do that. No hymnal. Some of these songs that come across our lips today, we need to remember what Jesus is all about. You remember in Genesis chapter 22, a ram was substituted in the thicket for Isaac. It was a picture of Christ giving his life for us as individuals. Here's here's Isaac. He's on his way out, man. Abraham's got the knife. And God says, do not harm, don't lay a hand to the boy. And I will provide myself a lamb. And he did. His own son. That's why Paul would write in Galatians 2, there in verse 20, For I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In that life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? That's the blood of Christ that did that for you. The Passover lamb itself, there in Exodus 12, spoke to the congregation of Israel and they said to them on the tenth of every month every man shall take for himself a lamb according to his house and of the father and they would slaughter that lamb an innocent lamb had to die and an innocent lamb did die for you and did die for me the prophet Isaiah even went so far to to speak of the nation Israel that the Lamb had died for him, that they were the transgressions of my people, Isaiah said, he was stricken. John affirmed that in the very first chapter of his gospel. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. This is a gospel song, man. It was also a missionary song. Check this out. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, a kindred that's a common ancestor, a tongue's a common language, a people's a common race, a nation is a common rule or a common government. This is reaching everybody, everywhere, at all times. It's not just a gospel song, it's a missionary song. It's one that goes out to anyone, to as many as received him, to them he gave. This is why they're singing in heaven. You know, sometimes we, we diminish the work of the Holy Spirit when we think we, we say things, well, you know, God can't reach them because, and then we give our little lame excuses. They're floating on an iceberg in the Arctic. Can I just say to you, if God can't reach people on an iceberg in the Arctic, then he's not God. Amen? Now, that doesn't excuse you from going and preaching the gospel we need to go and preach the gospel that's our task while we're here but the gospel is not bound it's not chained and God can speak if necessary through rocks and trees the very heavens above declare his handiwork and when you get to heaven you're going to meet some people you didn't think were going to get there you're like you? really? And they're going to say the same thing about you. Really? I'm going to have a whole club of people saying that. Man, we should be singing the missionary song now. I read a cute little story about a guy who was uh, against foreign missions. You know, we have people like that. It's kind of weird. We need to do more social programs, and we should do both, by the way, just so you know where I'm at in all of this. We need to do both things. We need to minister in our backyard, and we need to minister beyond, and that's what we do here in this church. Amen? There was a guy who didn't believe in missions, and he accidentally ended up, came to church one night, didn't realize it was going to be a missionary service, and the usher was passing the collection plate, and he says, well, I don't believe in missions. The usher responded, he says, well, then you probably ought to take something out. (laughs) He says, we're putting it in so we can reach the lost, and that's you. The song continues. Notice it's also a devotional hymn. It announced the unique position of the kingdom of priests that we are. Just like Melchizedek. You realize you're going to meet Melchizedek and Abraham one day? you be wandering around heaven. Dude, you're really old. That's what you're going to say about me, probably. The veil of the temple was torn and opened the way. And we should have the kind of devotion that expresses that, look, God saved us. I can now enter in. And right now you're living what should be a reigning life even. We don't have to wait for heaven to live godly in Christ Jesus. Amen? Too much of the church is kind of, well, when I get there, then I'll square it all away. No, God wants you to be squared away now. Your mind's supposed to be renewed. We should be wandering around right now today, devotionally, just in love with Jesus. Because we, we're a kingdom of priests, amen? The priest's whole job, their whole job was to bring people near to Christ, near to God. That's what we're supposed to do as pastors. Here's the word, here's what it says, get close to God, get close to the Lord. That's devotion. You have to have devotion to that task. So it was a devotional hymn. And then finally, it was a prophetic hymn. Notice the prayers of the saints are are centered around your kingdom coming. We shall reign on earth. That's the kingdom. It's actually coming back, amen, for a thousand years. We're going to be here with the Lord Jesus himself. We're not just going to go away and get raptured. We're coming back with him. That's thy kingdom come. And I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you imagine that day? Because, you know, we we live in a messed up world, amen? There's some pretty cool things about the world even today. But when you look at it, it's it's not too tough to realize that man has not done such a great job of stewardship, amen? Amen. There's all kinds of places that, that we wander today and it's just like, oh man, I can't believe that's all messed up like that. We were sitting on the, on the cliff, we were at Point Firm, and I'm looking down there, it's just like, there's more trash down there than there is seaweed. <laughs> and it's supposed to be kelp. And instead of it's Coke bottles, cans. We shall reign on this earth, your kingdom is going to come, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. What an amazing, amazing hymn. Notice there's three groups here that are worshiping the Lamb. From verse 8 to the end of the chapter, you have the four living creatures, the 24 elders, and all creation. Basically, each participant is joining in in this incredible praise and worship service. You know, Pastor Kevin and I were talking last Sunday after, after service. You know, it is so awesome to be up here and to watch the Lord work out there where your hearts are inclined towards the Lord, and you can't help yourself but to stand and praise the Lord. And by the way, you're free to do that. You're not glued to those seats. Just saying. The Lord should have have you stand up. It's okay. I'm pretty sure, you know, that's not my job to quench the Spirit in your life, Hopefully. But as as I look out, it's kind of a picture like this. It's like the whole host of Calvary Chapel South Bay is a little bit like the whole host of heaven. And all of a sudden, we're just praising God. And then we realize what's happened. Do you realize how many people in this room are here as a direct result, a direct result of somebody lifting you up before the throne of grace? interceding for you when maybe you were a child. Maybe you were a wayward. Maybe you're here tonight and, and people have interceded for you and that's why you're here. Because God wants to be first in your life and right now he's not even in your life. Maybe somebody told you about this crazy place called Calvary Apple South. There's a bunch of really weird people there. Let's go watch them because they're really weird. We get those every once in a while. Somebody go, yeah, we just come because we heard it was a good show. (laughs) If that's you, this show's about Jesus. You see, people have interceded for you, and you are interceding for other people, and as you do that, those prayers matter. I got a chance to pray with my dad to lead him to Christ when he was almost 70 years old been praying for him for 20 plus years don't stop praying because god's still listening you don't know when he's going to answer that prayer your job's not to second guess when he's going to get done it's to just keep praying intercede for people go before the throne of grace and cry out and say god your kingdom come your will be done I' give you a little secret. If you know somebody who's not saved, it is 100 percent the time, 100 percent of the time, it's God's will that they be saved. Because His word declares that, by the way. He's not willing that any should perish. that would be everybody. So from his perspective, from heaven's perspective, every time you're praying for somebody that's lost, you're praying in God's will. We we'll keep praying they might be able to stop you from talking to them give you a little secret they can't stop you from praying you can say nanny 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 (laughs) just mess with them a little bit look I don't care I'm gonna pray for you anyway I've actually believe it or not I've had people pray and tell me not to pray for them crazy but it's true I don't pray for me I don't need that stuff that's just a crutch Well, if it's a crutch, I need two of them. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Keep praying, folks. Our authority is in Jesus, and it's by his authority on the cross that our prayers matter. He goes on now to to give us the reasons for Jesus being worthy. Look at the reasons. The first thing, Jesus was slain. He, he, He died in your place. That would be enough reason in and of itself. If you were to go into court, and let's say you're falsely accused, and you have uh, before you, you're answering for a capital crime, you know, you may have not actually murdered somebody, but the chances are you've hated somebody, and from Jesus' perspective, you've kind of been pretty close. But let's say you're in there, and you're falsely accused, and all of a sudden out of the back of the courtroom comes somebody running down the aisle, and you are guilty you're gonna die. And that person runs down and says, Oh no, let me die in their place. How how grateful are you gonna be to that person taking your place? I, I would say you'd probably worship that person. Jesus did that for you. No wonder he's worthy. That's why. That's what we worship him for. He was my substitute on Calvary's cross. That sign that that bore his name in three languages should have said, Jeff, sinner, and a long list of stuff that he was dying for. You ever thought about if all your sins throughout your entire life were written down, what they would look like? Oh, my. Last week would put deforest the earth for some of you. No, seriously. Think about it. I'm talking about all the stuff that nobody's ever known about. Every little snippy attitude you've ever had. Every word, every condemning thought, every hateful thing, all those double stuffed Oreo cookies. You know what I'm saying, you gluttons, you. Just going to claim jumper by itself, straight to hell. about it for a second he died for every last one of those things every vile thought you've ever had he was slain and not enough that he was slain he redeemed us when he died he died a sufficient death for you and for me you're not going to worry about it you know we get, Anybody else hate those supplemental tax bills? It's kind of like, you might as well stick me in the eye, dump lemon juice and salt in there. I hate those things. It's like the regular one's bad enough, isn't it? It's just like, that's, that's a lot of zeros. <laughs> then you get the supplemental one. Well, it's because something happened, and there's some new thing that we did here, and we now have 16 different trash cans that are being collected. And so you get to pay extra money. Sin is like that. If you got to heaven, you'd have a supplemental sin bill. Because probably about the time you take your last breath, there's going to be something that needs to be erased. He erased all of it. You're not going to get there and find out, well, it was good for everything but this. It's done. He redeemed us. He paid the full price all of it. He is our kinsman redeemer. He he fulfills that role of the goel. Doesn't matter what the market price is going to be 10 billion years from now, it's paid. You're not going to wake up and go, "Well, I could afford it last week, but not this week." You're good. You're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Thirdly, he made us priests and kings. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of thinking I don't deserve to be a priest or a king. Not in heaven. I don't do a great job of it here on earth. Probably you don't either. But he has made us priests and kings. Think about it for a second. What that implies, ultimately, though it's not what we're supposed to have now, because the world is, is... effectively, by default, ruled by the enemy. We don't have a theocracy, but one day we're going to have a theocracy. God is actually going to govern. And you're going to be really high in that government. A priest, kings. Jesus took all, all of it. And finally we're going to reign on earth with him. Have you ever thought, what a, what a list Have you ever thought that Jesus took your hell? Think about this. Jesus took your hell and gave you his heaven. He took your hell and gave you his heaven. You didn't earn his heaven. He gave it to you. And he took all of your hell, so much so that your hell can't even be seen anymore. It's hidden behind his back. It's buried in the depths of the sea. So far as the east is from the west are his trans- your transgressions removed. God doesn't even know where they're at. They're so far gone. Talk about being a goner. That's your sin. Man. No wonder they're praising. And we should praise too. These are the reasons for worshiping Jesus. And when you think about all those things, you have this incredibly uh, burst, this, this burst that is the burst of praise is, is like, look, Lord, you deserve my worship. And so here it comes, verse 11, look at it again. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. You can almost see it, I don't know how many of you have been to the warm-up of an orchestra. But as the orchestra begins to warm up, they're not all playing the same note. And it's this off-key kind of hodgepodge. And, And, you know, I'm not sure why God invented oboes and bassoons anyway. But you have, you know, all these strange woodwind instruments. And if you're a bassoonist, I'm sorry, but you, you have all these instruments warming up. And, you know, all of us, I mean, who doesn't love cello? You know, the, and the, the string sections warming up. But it's kind of like nails on chalkboard at first, amen? It's kind of like... Well, think about heaven warming up. How many millions upon millions upon millions of people and heavenly angels and beings that God created that are there are all just like they're... And then all of a sudden, they burst forth in unison in praise. Perfect pitch. Gazillion part harmony. That's going to be awesome. Because of who he is. Because of who he is. He's worthy of that praise. And they fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever and ever. Jesus became the poorest of the poor so you could be the richest of the rich. Think about it. They laughed at him so you could one day receive the praise that's due him. Now, you won't be able to keep it. You're going to give it back. But there's going to be this song of praise, and you're going to be in the midst of it. He experienced humiliation and shame, so you would not have to experience that humiliation and shame. They they laughed at his kingship. They mocked him. They spit on him. They plucked his beard. They beat a crown of thorns on his head, and one day you're going to wear a crown because of it. He bore the curse of, of sin and death on himself, so that you could be blessed. So that I could be blessed. No wonder the whole crowd's going, Amen! You, you see, an unconverted person, somebody who doesn't know Jesus, might be able to praise the creation. And a lot of people do that. Matter of fact, Romans says they actually worship the creation rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. People do that, but we who are saved worship the redeemer too. Because we've been spared. Our sentence has been commuted. Your sin's been erased. That's why they're singing with a loud voice the sevenfold proclamation Look at the things that they're saying. God, you have all power. Jesus, you have all power. You have the authority to do whatever you want to do. You can forgive my sins. You can make stars. Have you ever thought about that? The same God that forgives your sins, that died on Calvary's cross, that bled out and died on Calvary's cross, is the one who made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He's the one that recombined your DNA. He's the one that took the two component parts genetically and fabricated a whole new DNA strand. Think about it for a second. Every life at the instant of conception is unique. 100% unique. He has the power to do that. And he has the power to make galaxies. And yet he died on Calvary's cross. Wealth. He has the riches of God. Everything, everywhere belongs to him. No resources outside of his grasp. Wisdom. You know, we have to pray for wisdom because we're not the sharpest tools in the shed. He has all he needs, and enough for you too. That's why James reminded us, if you lack it, ask of it, because he can give it to you liberally. Strength. Yeah, you ever wake up and, you know, it's one thing that happens to you when you get older. You still remember the glory days. And, and so you go out and you believe that you can still do those things you used to be able to do. And then you begin to do them, and you're looking around to see if anybody's watching so you can quit. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I see that hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, we do, we run out of gas, amen? You're just like, I'm going out there, I'm pick. you know, you, you bend over to pick something up, and, and all of a sudden the thought hits you, well, I'm just going to lay down right here. He has the strength to do whatever He wants, whenever He wants to do it. He's never going to run out of strength for you either. All honor. Every reward ever given came from and belongs to Him. Isn't that crazy? You know, I got to admit, I actually kind of like watching some of the award shows, and and those, at times they're carnal, and I try and skip that part if I possibly can. But it's interesting to me to watch the social interaction between people. That, you know, I like to watch the crowd shots when they're, you know, they're out in the audience and they're about to get an Oscar or something, and they're like, they turn into complete ridiculous fools. It's like. <laughs> You know, they go running up there, all for a little, you know, hunk of fool's gold. A statue of a kind of a bald, naked dude. And you are like, I'd like to thank my mother and my aunt's friend's cousin and my sister Maria, who... And they go for like 10 minutes explaining why they're so grateful. And then the following week they've gone to the planet of lost artists. nobody remembers their name can't remember what movie they're in and their whole life was wrapped up in this award can you imagine the rewards that God hands out with his with his perfect understanding of everything they're pretty meaningful those crowns you're gonna get when you get to heaven are because of the fruit of the things that you've done in this life for his kingdom They're going to be real rewards. They're going to matter. They're not going to be some cheesy piece of tin. They're going to be the substance of heaven. And, And glory, that he has glory. It's the image of God. When you describe God, his glory is his visible image. No wonder we praise him. No one can even see God now and live. That's how glorious he is. The glories of heaven are so much that Paul said, I, I couldn't tell you of the things that I saw. But one day we're going to see that royal splendor, that dignity, that majesty. and no wonder he's worthy. And then finally, praise or blessing. And that's just to ascribe the worth that he's due. You see, when we think about who the Lord is, these things all of a sudden become real to us. No wonder every creature is praising Him. No wonder everybody's joining in in heaven. You see, because really the whole purpose, the reason, if you will, that God created us is for His glory. He created all that He created for His glory. That's people, that's stars, it's all those things but He especially created us for His glory because it is only us that He breathed His life into. It's only us. It's only us that are made in His image and in His likeness. And so when you think about who you are in Christ and you recognize that, that's really your destiny. If you will, your destiny is to praise God. Your destiny is to glorify God. That's what you were made for. The whole of creation was made to praise the Lord. And so when we think on those things, no wonder this scene in heaven is so striking. No wonder the the living creatures. No wonder Paul would write, In Philippians chapter 2. No wonder he would write in Philippians chapter 2. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. Amen? That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth. And every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what we were created for in essence all of time and all of space everything is created we have a three part universe there's time there's space and there's matter you're the matter part we were created to praise God that's your purpose that's why when people don't praise God they will often tell you well I'm kind of looking for my purpose because everybody actually has the same purpose it's to praise God. Fortunately, we get to fulfill it in billions of different ways. But you were created to praise God. Now, have the worship team come back up. And we are going to actually worship the Lord before we go. But you were created for the purpose of praise. I'm going to have the prayer team come forward. I'm going to have the the elders come forward, the pastors come forward. Maybe you've been having a tough time praying. Maybe you feel like your prayers don't go anywhere. Maybe you've had a tough time praising. Maybe you felt like your praise doesn't do much. That prayer and that praise should be part of every one of us because we are the redeemed of the Lord and he has purchased us by his blood the scene that's coming as we get to chapter 6 is the wrath of God being poured out on this earth let me give you a little insight if you're here tonight and you're saved you're going to be in heaven. You have reason to praise. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, you're going to be on this earth. You have reason to pray. Don't miss the opportunity because God wants us all to be praising him. That's what he created us for. Would you stand? If you don't know Jesus, don't leave this place without Him tonight. We're going to have some folks up here who'd love to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus, don't leave this place without Him. All He asks is you invite Him in. Ask Him to be your Savior. Ask Him to be your Lord. Ask Him to forgive your sin. You have to ask Him. If you're here and you're saved tonight, then praise Him. That's what you were created for. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, as we draw this service to a close, Lord, we, like the angels of heaven, want to praise you before we leave and father want to pray right now for maybe those that are in your house tonight maybe some came tonight and they don't know you maybe one maybe there's one person in this whole room word out of the sea of people god maybe there's one person that's never confessed that jesus christ is lord god would you by the power of the holy spirit cause them to come down and pray and receive that free gift of salvation. And Lord, for the rest of us, we want to give you the honor and the glory Do your name, just like these heavenly beings, just like creation cries out. Lord, we want to praise you. For you alone, O oh Lord, are worthy of our praise. We honor you, we bless you, and God's people all said in unison, Amen. Amen. Amen.